you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Gang's all here. We got a full house in studio and by remote. Is this the Move the Sticks debut of the DJ Home Cam? Brett Lewis, Bucky Brooks, what's going on, oh, Daniel? Oh, it's uh, it's very nice here, Red. I've got. Uh, I was thinking about maybe a little soup this morning. Uh, <laughs> get the voice a little warmed up here. You know, just having to crawl out of bed to do the to do the show today. Good for you, yeah. man. Breakfast in bed. That's basically I mean, what the home cam is, right? Home cam is is nice. Got the- I'm just glad the home cam's only shooting from the waist up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh gosh, no believe us, we're that. glad too. Yeah, no one needs to know that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't. We don't. What's need going that? on, boys? Nothing. I, I got a question. Yes. Speaking about home cam, because I see, yep. I see the decor. I see the the Appalachian State helmet. Yep. I see the football and the jersey. Did App State yep. send you a new jersey to decorate, or is that something that you dug out of the crates? It's 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 definitely out of the box. It's definitely oh, out okay. of the box in the garage. Uh, yeah, that that's been stored. Um, and I thought about that, Buck, because the as you can imagine, the gear has has improved quite a bit. Yeah, uh, since after I left, <laughs> yeah. you know, beat Michigan. That looks like a practice jersey. You know, a little different level now. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not great. When I watched it, that's the other thing too. Is Buck? I don't know. You're, we're the same, right? We're the same. Yes. We're all the same yeah. era, pretty much. Red's a little younger, but uh, we were we were still in the baggy jersey phase a little bit there. Mm. So uh, you watch all those old videos, Buck. Bigger shoulder pads, baggy jerseys. This, it wasn't a good look, man. No, it wasn't a good look. So my phase, because I'm a little older than you guys, my phase was we, we had the midriffs. So the belly was oh, no, out. That's oh, big. Yeah, yeah, so we had, I so, wish we still yeah, had so, those. So we had, the, we had to cut off jerseys. The, the belly's out. Big shoulder pads, cut off jerseys. And I just missed the tearaway jersey phase. And I always wanted, <laughs> I always wanted a tearaway jersey because I used to watch uh, Oklahoma on TV and the option quarterbacks and all that. And I just always thought it'd be really, really cool to score touchdowns with a tearaway jersey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, and and lastly, um, on this, I I was at the beginning, the forefront of the very minimalist sleeve era, oh. where we started getting it felt like a cutoff, like you see more yes. of the shoulder. And I just didn't have the. Arm, arm volume. That's okay. It all out. Which, <laughs> that, that's that's problem. That, yeah, that, that's okay. I look back at, at my my, my my early pictures when I had the big shoulder pads and the little. <laughs> 
pipe cleaner arms. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> hanging out. It's, you know, that's good stuff. Hey, look, you know, on uh, on Path to the Draft uh, every weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we talk a lot about the visits, right? The the meetings, mm-hmm. the private workouts, bringing guys in for visits and, and meeting with prospects. So. You know, you guys have both been there as you're going through those things. What really – take us behind the curtain on that and give us an idea of what really happens behind the scenes in these meetings. Well, everybody does them different. I'm sure Buck even uh, – you know, both of us haven't worked for different teams. I'm sure it was a little bit different um, depending on where you were. Uh, when I was in Baltimore and in Cleveland, we would bring guys in a handful at a time, you know, four or five guys. Ideally, you tried, if you could, to marry it up where you'd have the same position – you know, four linebackers would come in um, so they could all be together. Then in Philadelphia, it was like a two-day affair. Like 15 guys came in one day, wow. 15 guys came in the next, and it was like speed dating uh, with Sounds all like of the them. Combine. But, you, you know, I, I, yeah, no kidding. And uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I like being able to get a handful of guys, get to know them a little bit better. Uh, but as a young scout, Charlie was referencing the other day on PATH, uh, they would assign a you know an intern or a younger guy in their department love that. to uh, take him out to dinner and, and get a feel for him. That was that was me my first year in scouting and you're making you're making thirty thousand dollars a year. You're working a hundred hours a week. This was the best time of the year uh, for a young personnel assistant because Free meals. we had the company credit card. <laughs> we could take him and literally it was you'd ask him wherever you want to go. And so I can remember you remember Jamal Brown uh, Buck yes remember from coming out of Oklahoma in the big offensive tackle. I, do. I, uh, yeah, we I remember like he wanted to go to he, he, he Buck would have loved it because he's he was a Roos Chris guy. Oh, <laughs> Chris guy. So we go out have just and he just kept ordering and ordering like hey, get whatever you want, man. Um, and so it, I I would look forward to that. And in fact, if I knew I was going to pick a guy up at the airport at five o'clock, I knew I could take him wherever I wanted to go for dinner. Uh, I wouldn't eat at the facility. I would just kind of save up my hunger uh, because I knew I was going to go big. <laughs> Except when Bob yeah. Sanders came in. From Iowa, I hadn't eaten anything all day. I was just, oh man, we'll see. We're gonna go to, we can go to a steak, we can go seafood, anywhere you, this guy wants to go. This is gonna be great. Don't eat anything all day. Pick up Bob Sanders. Uh, we're leaving the airport, and I go, hey man, anywhere you want to go in Baltimore, bud. It's on us. Just wherever you want to eat. What do you feel like? He's like, you, you got a Quiznos? Oh like, no! Oh, great. <laughs> Thanks. Bob. I didn't eat all day long, and we're gonna go to Quiznos. Come on, really? Bob. Uh, yeah, that, Bob wanted what he wanted. That is that is funny. You talk about that visit. My my funny story on a team visit. Do you? This might have been before you got in. You remember Odell Thurman? I do. Linebacker. Yeah. I was I was I was in. That was like oh three oh four. That was one of my first years. Yeah. Okay. So Odell Thurman yeah, comes in, big time linebacker right. from Georgia. He was probably mm-hmm. slated to be a That's first round pick. That's off the field issues, Buck. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, and a couple. But here's here's where we discovered the off the field issues. <laughs> okay. So good. you talk about being the guy that takes them. <laughs> so we're going out to dinner. I forget where we take him in downtown Charlotte, but near the stadium is a gentleman's club. Uh-oh. And so as we're going oh, past no. we're going, going past the place going to dinner, he sees the neon lights because it's a nice-looking establishment, okay. neon lights or whatever. So he asks, what is that? And so you tell him, like, oh, that's such and such, such and such, whatever. He no-showed on the visit the next day. <laughs> Stop. He no-showed oh. on the next visit. And word comes down that maybe he visited the other place instead of the stadium. Needless to say, we didn't draft him. Yeah, he wasn't at Quiznos. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> he did. 
He no showed on us. He might have had a buffet or, though. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> he, he, he did. But anyway, nice that, that's that's what goes <laughs> okay. on like yeah. with those with the dinners with the young guys. But like the other stuff that goes on too, um, you know, bringing them in. Um, you'll get him with the position coach. You get him with the coordinator. He'll spend time with the head coach. He'll go see pretty much everybody in the building. Um, and then after he spends time with everybody, then he goes off to the airport. And then everybody would huddle up in the personnel department. So you'd have like your you know your head coach, position coach, coordinator, GM, uh, college director, player personnel. Uh, director would all kind of get together and they would just kind of compare their notes on the guy and uh, you know hey this guy was impressive you know he was intelligent um, this guy just handled himself very well or this guy struggled when we talked about this I have some yeah. concerns about that but they would just kind of pull all that information at the end of the visit that's cool so the, the, the funny thing about like the visits um, depending on how it plays out like you have the position coaches who may know a little bit about it they can fall in love with the guys based on what that interaction is. Mm-hmm. If those guys are good on the board, if they have good personalities, if they kind of appear to be kind of like, I call them like the teacher's pets, the coach's guys that they can kind of <laughs> relate to. Um, and sometimes you have to hold the coaches back because they fall in love with the personality and they forget what the tape is like. And you're like, hold on, coach. Like, we're talking about this guy, like, <laughs> down the line, not right. early. Right. So um, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want to get to know them. You want to make sure that you, you, you really check them out and how they're going to fit into the locker room. But sometime, sometimes your coaches can fall more in love with them than you kind of need them to. And this can be a medical thing too, right? You get your, your guys, your staff can kind oh, of get your hands on them, and, and that's a big part of this thing as well, right? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's the other part. You're taking over those medicals, get all that information uh, that you can there. So uh, that's probably, you know, what, there's some of the players, some of the best players in the draft, like a guy like Garrett Bradbury from NC State. Yeah. Garrett Bradbury's good on good on fall tape. He's He goes to Senior Bowl, plays really well there, has a great combine. Garrett Bradbury is not going to go on a lot of visits because there's no concerns with him medically, mentally, um, or or uh, just as a, as a player trying to get to know him. There, there's no questions for him to answer. He's kind of yeah. done with the process. So sometimes you look at these visits and you go, oh, man, this guy's hot. He's making all the rounds. Well, this guy might have a bad foot. And everybody right. might be bringing him in to get their doctors to get another look at him. So I, I always I, I cringe a little bit when people get carried away with who's going where on the visits. Uh, sometimes that uh, doesn't really mean a whole lot. It could be uh, maybe the guy had it. thing he could have a buck. He could have a seven wonderlick, right? Yes. So he yeah. gets a really low wonderlick score. So we got to bring him in and see if this guy can learn. Yeah. So uh, there's so many motivations behind the visits and sometimes you don't want to tip off who you really like so you don't even have them visit like we've heard these stories like i, I never even heard from them and they drafted me because everyone gets the list yeah. yeah they all get the list of the names and so as guys are beginning to try and connect the dots they see oh Rhett brought in these 30 guys maybe these guys are in kind of his yeah, wheelhouse and so you want to keep some of those guys hidden you want to sneak away you want to have these private workouts away from everybody and so um sometimes less information that you let out the better when it comes to like hiding your drafting intention yeah it's interesting right so you see a guy that doesn't have a lot of visits you're like oh gosh maybe he's you know he's sliding well no maybe he's just clean right? yes um but are, are the quarterback yeah. are the quarterback visits any different do you read anything more into those well you've got to i mean like i've always maintained at that position you want as many uh uh points of contact as you can possibly have i mean this is a position that is going to be the key to your franchise. It's going to be key to your own employment, quite honestly. Yeah. you got to get that one right. So with those, I've never, I personally have never understood, uh, even if you're going to go put a guy through a private workout, why some teams would not be in attendance at a pro day. 
it's just another opportunity to be around these guys, see sure. them around their teammates. I just feel like the, the more times, if I see a guy play in the fall, um, you know, if he's in an all-star game or I interact with him there, and then uh, we interact with him at the combine, then we're at his pro day, maybe we do a private workout, and then you bring him into the facility. As many opportunities as I can get to, to spend time with a quarterback that I may be considering selecting, I think you've got to use all those opportunities. Well, I think it's a great fact-finding mission for the future. I think uh, we have seen the New England Patriots do things with top prospects that they had no chance of getting. You've seen Bill Belichick. Like last year we saw Bill Belichick work out Bradley Chubb, put him through the paces. I don't think it's a coincidence that later on the, the Patriots have done a great job of acquiring first-round flameouts. Guys that were first yeah. round picks that mm-hmm. didn't work out in their first destination, but somehow they turn up in New England and it works out. And so, what the smart teams do, I believe, they continue to put together information and files. So, later on, be it free agency, whether it's unrestricted free agent or they come out on the waiver wire, you have the intel to be able to make sound decisions on what you want to do with these guys. And then with the quarterbacks, I just think it's smart to bring all the top quarterbacks in to pick their brain, to get the intel on what they know, what offense they played in, um, how they can expand it and all those things because eventually you're going to face those guys. And so the more that you know about those guys, the better. And so for some of these teams, even if you're not in the quarterback market, I would reserve a couple of visits for some of these top quarterbacks that you know are going to start in the league right away. Yeah, so, you know, I do find it interesting, guys, here as we uh, – and we'll keep talking about the visits a bunch on Path of the Draft uh, weekdays, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL Network. And, you know, a lot of times we get we get caught up in that, but it, it is a good springboard for conversations about players and fits and teams, and we'll continue to do that. But uh, I'm pretty excited about this this next little deal we got going on here on Move the Sticks. Now, now DJ, full disclosure, I don't know how much you were aware. But, I'm pretty psyched but about Red, this. Red has been kind of like um, – he's, he's kind of like one of your kids that's kind of like poking you in the back. Dad, dad. Yeah, can we? Yeah. Uh huh. Hey, yeah, can we? So, Rhett has been talking about favorite player by round this is for maybe the last couple weeks. Probably since so, we did it last year. So, yep. so finally, so finally, we decided to throw him a bone. And so now we're going to have the segment uh, where we talk about our favorite player in each round of the draft. And we broke him up. Hey, Kent, Kent, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go? You want to go each? uh, Each. Let's go. Each of us do our first round guys. Exactly, round by round. And why don't we? We might as well just lead off with Rhett, considering this. I mean, like, yeah, this this is project. (laughs) Let's let Rhett have at it. Yeah, let me. Before 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 we start though, before we start, one thing, Buck, just so you know. If Rhett did a uh, big board <laughs> for the upcoming NBA draft, oh, he God. would have Romeo Langford yeah. oh, ahead sure. of Zion Williamson and John Moran. <laughs> Everybody. So you know, I just want to get that out there. Get Just be processing that. as Romeo's staying. You didn't hear? <coughs> did he announce he's staying? No, but I'm just, just kind of hoping he it should. into existence. He didn't do anything this year. Hoping it. Now, keep in mind mm. as I go through my list, DJ, that Memorial Stadium is just across the parking lot from Assembly Hall. So while your fanship, you know, at Indiana may end at Assembly Hall, it is in close I proximity I, I to the football stadium. I only ended at Assembly Hall. Okay. All right. Just That's why I, I wanted, to, I wanted you to keep that in, into uh, – Go ahead. All right. Go here ahead. we go. Start us well, off. You, know, you know where I'm going with my first-round guy, right? I mean, we showed you the tweet <laughs> back on October 27th. This was, I believe, as I was watching Iowa beat Indiana. I was like – I was prepared to watch T- uh, Noah Fant. 
right? I was, you know, I was getting ready to, you know, I was excited to see a, you know, a big, fast, athletic tight end run down the field, and then I see T.J. Hawkinson just blowing guys off the ball, and I'm like, holy smokes, we can't, we can't stop this guy. We got nobody that can deal with this guy. Uh, so, you know, against, you know, my heart, uh, T.J. Hawkinson is my favorite player of the first round, and he will go early in the first round. I think you guys uh, agree that, that he's gonna, he may very well be the first one off the board. Ends up winning the Mackey Award this year, um, despite the fact that his you know, teammate, Noah Fant, was favorite, favorite to win that thing. So, look, I love the way he plays. Uh, in the hard-to-play-against category, he tops the list for me. I mean, he is... He is nice. a solid. Nice hey, if you could just go a little bit longer, we could make this a six-hour podcast. <laughs> he is wow. definitely wow. He's definitely yeah. solid. Like Please. I don't think there's a lot to dislike about Hawkinson. He might I mean, be a gold jacket guy. I mean, he definitely fits that. All right, that, that, that list when we think okay. about the gold jacket. DJ's DJ's itching over there. Let's 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 fit him in here. What do you what do you got, DJ? Let's go. We got we, we got we got seven guys a piece to go through here. We got to let's, let's hit it through these things. I'm, I'm going Garrett Bradbury. I just talked about Garrett Bradbury a little bit earlier. He's just so clean. He's so easy. I think you plug him in day one as a center. I've compared him to Jason Kelsey, who I was around. Uh, Scout Ryan Cleo there at USC. He's the next version of those guys. Plug and play. He's going to be a starter for ten years. Uh, very, very, very high floor as well as a high ceiling. I'll go Garrett Bradbury, round one favorite player. Man, that was a quick synopsis. Um, I like Rhett can see what I'm doing over here because I'm highlighting guys that I think are like gold jacket guys. And so there it is. You talked about Hawkinson, Garrett Bradbury, two guys that are certainly included. I believe this next guy has a chance, and I'm I'm gonna use him as kind of my Ed Reed example, Taylor Rapp from Washington. And the reason that I'm really big on Taylor Rapp is because I believe he is wired the right way. When you look at him play i believe his instincts and his iq kind of stands out he's always around the ball he always is kind of in the right position and i know there's some questions and some concerns about his speed because he ran into four sevens and that's certainly not ideal for a safety but the way that he plays to me he plays a step or two faster because he's so cerebral i believe he's going to be one of those guys that plays 10 years, has a ton of interceptions, and at the end of the day, he's going to outplay where he's drafted. Even though I'm projecting him to be in the first round, the odds suggest that he's probably going to be a second-round player. I like Taylor Rapp a lot. I think it's a really cool story, too, from an apathetic high school football atmosphere comes out and will be the highest drafted player from his high school and the highest drafted Chinese-American in NFL history, which I think is pretty cool as well. All right, I'll get us to the second round here. You know where I'm going. The soul crusher, Lonnie Johnson, <laughs> corner out of Kentucky. <laughs> if there is one guy in this draft it, it, that I had to pick in order to keep a receiver off the ball, like to keep him behind the line of scrimmage, I would pick Lonnie Johnson based off his senior bowl performance alone. Uh, I, he just he dominated those bump and run drills, and, and he is a physical DB. He was a guy who was – uh, committed to Ohio State, had some qualification issues, ended up going to JUCO and ends up at Kentucky. And, uh, look, I love him in, uh, in press coverage. I mean, look, he was dominant. The way that he consistently choked wide receivers out at the senior bowl was very, very impressive. And then yeah. you see the length. You see his ability to kind speed of change too. direction, the speed. Sub four five. He's kind of everything. There are a yeah. lot of people that are really excited about what it can be. I told you when I put on – Sources tell us that I had a DB coach tell me that Lonnie Johnson was the best corner in this draft. We'll see if that plays fruition. I'm taking that as gospel. I mean, I had, I got the text. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You should have seen the emojis that I sent back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got, DJ? Yeah, first of all, just piggyback with you guys on Lonnie Johnson. Buck, you had said that the other day. I, I was on the phone with the general manager yesterday, 
and he was more excited. Is the, I would use that phrase, going through a list of guys, he was more excited, you could hear it in his voice, about Lonnie Johnson than any other corner uh, that we talked about. So just kind of piggybacking on what Love you've uh, been all over for a while now. Uh, to me, second round, I'm going to go Debo Samuel. Uh, you talk about senior bowl and, and playing well down there. Uh, Debo did as much as anybody. I mean, he was outstanding uh, as a route runner down there. I just love his toughness. I was talking to a personnel director the other day that used, uh, used the Steve Smith comparison, our Steve Smith, uh, just because of his competitiveness and the, kind of the fight in which he plays. He doesn't go down. You get the ball in his hands, he refuses to go down. Uh, I think he's going to continue to grow and evolve as a wide receiver, do more things. But right now, just get the ball in his hands and let him go. Look, he's, he's terrific. He's spectacular. He's exactly what you want. Uh, I think some of the comparisons, you talk about Steve Smith, I'll throw out maybe the Golden Tate comparison, and I'm not necessarily a lover of Golden Tate's playing style, but the success that he has had in the league in terms of a, a rack, run-after-catch type guy, I think Debo Samuel kind of falls in that category. For me, in my second round, this is interesting because I went with Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech, and I'm doing it in spite of being, I won't say spooked, but spooked by his performance at the Senior Bowl in terms of the one-on-ones and things. When I go back, though, and I look at the tape, I do believe he has some intriguing attributes that are going to allow him to be a a dominant player at the next level. And I'm not going to call him T-Sizzle, but what I do see is a power rusher with good hand skills. I would like to see more bend and burst, but I do believe there's something to being able to consistently get to the quarterback. For whatever reason at his pro day, he gained a lot of weight because he's trying to show people that he can play bigger. I would like to see him just kind of get back down to his normal weight. And talking to the coaches, they say, look, this is a guy that when the lights comes on, he has played his best. And so I believe he'll continue to be able to do that when he gets to the next level. Yeah, sack production translates, right? Play, play at whatever weight you were when you were the FBS career leader in sacks, right? <laughs> just, I mean, just go ahead and do I mean, that. Yeah, I don't know why he puffed up. Like, it kind of <laughs> drives me crazy when guys do that. Like, I, I, I don't think it really matters. Like, you are who you are. Play like how you've always played. All right, so I'm going to lead us off here in the third round. So we're still day two here, April 26th in Nashville. And, look, maybe he goes a little earlier than this, but Terrell Hanks Ooh. from New Mexico State, linebacker. You think he goes later, DJ? Uh, I don't. Mm. I think he's. Gonna, I mean, look, he didn't. He wasn't healthy at the combine, so he put a four nine nine out there, which is not. That ain't, that's not, not great. I mean, that's not who he not is. Great. Play like that, and he wasn't able to run at his pro day, so you don't have a forty on him. Um, I mean, look, some people. That's a. That's an issue. I think he plays plenty fast. He's a little bit tight, but yeah. Um, I, I, to me, I would guess Red. I would say he's probably going to go in that fourth fourth, fourth okay. round range. But hey, you know, my, it just my, takes one team. My three. Team. My three four guys. You know, could probably flip around a little bit here, but uh, for Terrell Hanks, I remember sitting there in Mobile on the sidelines and hearing, you guys remember that hit. You rem- I mean, yeah. I, since then, I'm driving down to PCH, I hear a car backfire, look over my shoulder, expect to see Terrell <laughs> Hanks. Uh, you know, it's like, I mean, Terrell Hanks? What do you think Wes Hills is doing? I yeah. know. I mean, there is something to guys that can deliver <laughs> Just wait. the thump like that. And yeah. so Terrell Hanks being a big hitter, being able to play inside, like there's always a place for those guys. And there's still yeah. these old school, crusty defensive coordinators who prefer <laughs> to have a guy like that sitting in between the pipes and so look he wins a beauty pageant too oh like he he, he looks the does. part he's a body he beautiful part. guy and yeah. he has a little nasty attitude and some thump uh this go get him terrell those guys go get him what you got dj right, there you go uh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go uh darnell savage from maryland oh, and, oh my gosh, you know, a lot my of God. times when guys get picked I love his game buck. I'm oh my to god, me, man! He's uh, he might be when they announce the pick. It might be it might be uh, Darnell Savage, defensive back, Maryland, and not corner, not yes. safety, not nickel. 
And it's a compliment to him because I think he can play any of those positions. He's a football-playing dude um, who ran in the four threes. He might have run his way into the second round. It wouldn't shock me if he did go in the second round. Not the biggest guy in the world, but if you want to know where where Savage is on the football field, just, just show me where the ball is because he's going to be right there. He is always around the football. You know, it's funny because, DJ, I kind of turned him an ASAP player. He is there as soon as possible whenever he sees it. When you see safeties react to the run game like he is able to when he's playing 12 yards deep in quarters coverage, there is something about that aggressiveness that you certainly like. And then when you watch him play over the slot and cover, I do believe putting that, that – kind of universal label DB is applicable to when you look at Savage play because I think he's going to be one of those guys where you never have to go out of your base package if they're in 11 personnel or early downs because he can play over the slot. He can play over the tight end. He's an effective run player, and he has enough range. He's, he's terrific. I, I mean, I love him. Uh, I do believe he kind of sneaks his way into the second round. I like that. Yeah. I do. I like no, it. I, I think he could. Who, who do you got in, in uh, round so, three there? Round three, I got Titus Howard, uh, offensive tackle from Alabama State. And, look, I, 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 full disclosure, like this wasn't someone that I was on initially, but I had a couple of scouts kind of put me on him right before he went to the East-West. And I think his transition from high school quarterback to offensive tackle is one of the more remarkable transitions that we'll see. But then when I watch him on tape, the athleticism, the fact that he was able to kind of hold his own and have a competitive week during the Senior Bowl suggested me that he is going to be fine. I would love to see him go to the right coach. Like, imagine him going to the Patriots with a Dante Scarnecchia being able to really kind of pour some nuggets into him. But I think he has all of the tools to be a guy that is a longtime starter in the league and a very, very effective one when he gets his chance. All right, so that wraps up. Fan. I mean, he's, uh, he's uh, 50. I got him 50. He's, right, he's the last guy in my top 50. So – um, he's a uh, look, look, I'm with you on that. You watch You watch guys like that when they step up in competition, like for him, the Auburn game, uh, he more than held his own and was solid at the senior bowl. I'm with you. Good player. All right. So that wraps up day two for us. So now we'll get into uh, Saturday here in Nashville, starting with uh, f- round four. Right. So here we go. I, you know, <laughs> I, Rhett, hold on, Rhett. Can we get somebody outside of the middle part of the country? No, 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 no. Can we no, get no. somebody outside of the Midwest? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, DJ will tell you this. Like, no one typically puts their best scout in the Midwest. <laughs> Normally, the best scout is somewhere in the Southeast. That's why I'm here. Maybe in the West, but that's why I'm right here. in the Midwest. You're you're that's living it. in the Midwest. Let me, come on, man. I'm not. I'm just getting. No, you know, you know what, Rhett? Started. I'll say this. I'll say this about <laughs> Rhett as a college football. Um, consumer, he's smarter than we are, Buck, because all the games he wants to watch are done by noon. He's out. He's got the Absolutely. whole rest of the Saturday. It's all free. Now. Absolutely, he gets that nine a.m. Big Ten game yes. done, and he's, and he's done. out. And then he's out for the rest of the day. No question. I, I count on you guys to watch all the primetime games. Like, let me let me go have my Saturday at the beach. All right. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm out by noon. So look, uh, Amani Hooker um, from Iowa. Another guy who you might say defensive back, right? A guy who uh, has yeah. played some safety. I, I saw him play a little corner in the bowl game, and they basically created a position. Yeah, he ran for him. faster than I thought. Same. So what was he four four eight? I yeah. think he ran. I, he, uh, four four eight. Yeah. Better athleticism than than definitely I expected. I mean, this guy was a Big Ten defensive back of the year. There's some pretty good players in that conference now. Uh, I mean, there there are <laughs> there are plenty plenty and, and plenty he's, of DBs he's a in that physical. Conference tackler as well I think he could be you know he might be in your you know your nickel or your dime linebacker package could be that kind of guy maybe um but look I was impressed with him when I saw him on when I when I watched him so that he's my guy Imani Hooker fourth round I mean 
What do you got, Teach? Yeah, I'm going to go stay in the secondary and go uh, Hugo Amadi there uh, from Oregon, who's, Who? very, who's very similar. Uh, Amadi, very similar to Savage. He's, a, he's somebody that um, he's going to be a day one starting nickel. He's, he's a little under 5'10", right around 200 pounds, ran right at 4'5". Uh, I thought, to me, LaMarcus Joyner, watching him coming out of Florida State, and we've seen what he's been able to do as somebody that could play as a high safety or drop down into the nickel. I think he does that. Uh, he's just got some excellent cover skills. You watch him against Cal, uh, a nice little nifty little pick six in that game. I, I think he's a very instinctive natural player. And like, and like Hooker a little bit, uh, ran faster than I anticipated. I thought that would be the concern with him, but he ended up running four five one, which is plenty fast enough. Plenty fast enough. Good player, uh, well coached. Um, and I think there's something, too. When we're in the fourth round and we're looking for developmental players, guys that can come on, you're looking for guys that can kind of grasp information quickly and kind of put it in play on the field. I believe Amadi is the guy that can do that. You talk about being maybe arguably one of the best nickels, if not the best nickel corner in the draft. Um, I certainly can back you up on that. I, I like his footwork. I like the way he plays. I like his toughness. Uh, really good play, and that versatility will serve him well as he enters the league. Um, my fourth-round pick Look, it's I'm, your guy. I'm, I'm playing. It's, okay, look, come I'm on, a, let I'm us have bit, it. Let I'm us a have bit it. Of, I'm a bit of a homer, but I do believe <laughs> I do believe we've kind of forgotten about Bryce Love a little bit in the process. The ACL injury certainly will ding his stock. But when you go back and you watch the senior before this one, when he was a Heisman Trophy finalist, when he was the runner-up, look, this guy runs inside really, really well. This year they changed their scheme up front, but finding an undersized guy that can kind of run in between the tackles is hard to find. I would have liked to see them play more this season where we could see him catch the ball. I think the biggest issue for Bryce as he carves a, a, a niche out in the league can he be a guy that catches the ball out the backfield so he can be a third down or a change of pace back? If he is able to do that, I think he can do some things like Giovanni Bernard. He has to show it, but we won't get a chance to see it before the draft. But I think he has a chance to stick. Bucky, has that changed the scheme? Is that code for didn't block anybody? Uh, uh, I mean, because they you know, didn't block anybody. No, they, 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 they didn't block anybody. Well, what and, happened? And look, to, to, to my guy's credit, because I asked him, I said, dude, I'm looking at your tape. You guys used to be a power team. And I'm looking at all this. And he said, yeah, you know, we kind of got away from our roots and we did some different stuff. And I think it hurt him because last year when I watched him run in the power scheme, the same scheme that Christian McCaffrey excelled in, we saw him chew up big plays. We saw the toughness. We saw him kind of grind it out. They didn't do it this year. And so it affected him. The injury affects him. I'm hoping fourth round, but somewhere day three, yeah. I think that's where Bryce hears his name. Certainly. Hey Rhett, can yep. we can I make one suggestion you here? May. As we polish this because we got to get we have Jonah Williams uh, interview coming up. Why don't we do? We've made it through round four. Why don't you give us five, six, seven? You got uh, it. And then Buck, then I'll go five, six, seven. Then okay, Buck cool. Go five, six, seven. Go Let's for it. Let's do it. Okay, the boss speaks. We do what the boss wants. You know what I mean? Here we go. Uh, so let's let's start. You know where I'm going. I couldn't go. I uh, couldn't go a seven round draft without getting a Hoosier in. My man Jonathan Crawford, DB Indiana or Indiana. Right Come on, country. sing it, sing right it. Down the of the country. Hey. Like I'm a love. Work, having you work for us because like you're gonna be so cheap that we're just gonna let you drive your area you're not gonna have to fly anywhere yes. you can just drive your little area yeah. save us a lot of money yeah. just everything gas receipts just send them in and make sure you get donuts for the guys you, you that's got it. it you like, got hey, it Buck, let do him it. finish he's got to be at ferris state in an hour and a half it's gonna be a trip for me to get from indiana to slippery rock because that's where i'm going next but uh, crawford day one starter is a true freshman started all four years i think he's a productive player might help you on special teams too Six 
sixth round, I'm going Wes Hills, running back out of Slippery Rock. Saw him at the NFL PA game so in, you got Wes Hills in person. And Hanks. Yeah, you, yeah, oh yeah. Oh come on now, yeah. I got the I got the collision. The both both sides of the collision. Uh, Mike Tice compared him to Robert Smith. I mean, that's that's a pretty hey, good we comp. Need to, we need to adjust Mike Tyson's. Pretty good comp right there. He didn't do as well as the senior <laughs> bowl as he did at the NFL PA game. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Hey, seventh round. Look, no code red needed for this dude. Give me John Santiago, <laughs> running back, North Dakota, not to be confused with the He's Bison. Not a substandard Marine. No. No, 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 no. You know, you want him on that wall. You need him on that wall. <laughs> he reminded me of Danny Woodhead when I was watching him at the PA game. You know, Rick, okay. Rick you've you've been so good that what we're going to do in the draft room, we're we going doing? to let you. We're going to let you negotiate a free agent deal. We're going to let you negotiate a yes! free agent. We're going to let you pick a guy that oh, you can sign to this, a free don't agent deal. And I know I know I know DJ goes pick a Hoosier. No, no, I know DJ goes from a spot where they only gave $500 and a lot of opportunity. I'm going to give you yeah, $2500 to go and sign a priority free agent to bring to the team to compete in training camp. Long snapper Dan Godsell, Indiana. Lock it up for the glory of old <laughs> IU. Best long snapper in the draft. He was at the Senior Bowl. He gets so, it done. He's so transparent. 100% never misses. So Let's go. So unbelievable. All right, DJ, hit us oh, with your you with your day three. Hey, picks. did I read you? My, hey, Buck, did I read you my report on uh, on the long snapper? Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, that's because I don't watch long snaps. <laughs> All right, let's go uh, to my uh, five, six, seven. Do here. that at your own peril. I'm going to go uh, Lamont. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Gilliard, the, uh, the center from Georgia in the fifth round. I hope he goes a little bit higher than that. I like him better than that, but just kind of what you hear, I think that's probably where he ends up going. You watch him battle against Quinnen Williams. Uh, that's when I was sold on him. He's played a lot of football there at Georgia. He'd be my choice in the fifth. In the sixth, let's go to Toledo, uh, Rhett's area of the country. Cody Thompson, wide receiver, who's also an outstanding special teams player. One of my favorite plays of the year, watch him block a punt. He actually catches it. He blocks it and catches it and goes into the end zone. Uh, one of my favorite plays of the year. I would love him. Uh, somebody I think is going to be a good slot receiver at the next level. Speaking of slot receivers, round number seven, Penny Hart from Georgia State. Like Penny. All we heard about was, was Isabella coming in to the Senior Bowl. Danny Isabella from UMass, who was a track star, and he was going to dominate the Senior Bowl. For my money, each and every day, I thought Penny Hart, who nobody knew about coming from Georgia State, outplayed him. During that week of practices, I'll take him in the seventh. I mean, I like those guys. Speed, versatility. We talk about these guys that are taking day three, five, six, and seven. They got to find a way to make their way onto the team, and special teams is the easiest path. Uh, both of those guys, Cody Thompson and Penny Hart at the bottom, should be able to help you special teams. And then Gallo's a good developmental prospect. For me, five, six, and seven, Jimmy Moreland in the fifth round, cornerback from JMU, fell in love with him at the East West Shrine game, natural ball hawk. Uh, I think he has 18 career interceptions. Does a great job of not only picking him off, but taking him back to the house. I like his awareness, ball skills. I think he has a chance to be a nice, solid fourth corner, then eventually works his way into the rotation as a nickel. Sixth round, Keelan Doss, wide receiver. Love it. UC Davis. Look, it's unfortunate that he popped his peck uh, at the combine, but loved his route running ability. I believe he gets c- consistent separation. Uh, someone's going to get an absolute stud when they get him in day three. He's going to be terrific. And then finally, to bring it home, Koa Farmer, outside linebacker from Penn State. Yes, I'm picking. Who? Up, I know I'm picking someone that I coached in high school. However, I can back it up because he started the last two years at Penn State, had an outstanding 
Pro Day, 448, 37-inch vertical, 25 Ooh. reps on the bench, 61230, has also been placed back there as a kick returner at Penn State. You talk about special teams, that is your special teams maven right there, Core Farmer. No, no priority I free agents it. for I you guys? No, no, no. We, we let you have all of those. You, you've been so diligent in your work in the Midwest that we decided that we're going to let you handle all the PFAs. Oh, man. DJ, what do we got with Jonah Williams? Uh, got a chance, guys, to, uh, to visit with Jonah the other day. A talented offensive lineman there from Alabama. You know, where is he going to play? Is he going to play tackle, center, or guard? I can look at that as a positive, somebody that has the versatility. Uh, teams have varying opinions on Jonah, uh, but he's somebody I definitely wanted to talk to as we run up to the draft and had a chance to catch up with him uh, just the other day. Here's my conversation with the Alabama offensive tackle, Jonah Williams. Excited to be joined by Alabama All-American offensive tackle, Jonah Williams. Jonah, how you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, and uh, you know, look, we've had a chance to visit before, and and I'm trying to cover some new ground where we haven't uh, previously talked about it. One of the things I was thinking about with you, um, as an early enrollee coming out of high school, st- should be finishing up your senior year, and you you go to Alabama, which is the premier program in college football. You're lining up against so many future NFL players while you should still be in high school. What was the first practice like for you in the spring when you got to Alabama? It was intense. It was crazy. And that's, that's why I wanted to go to Alabama was that challenge, you know, obviously playing the SEC West, but also the guys I get to go against in practice every day, just incredible players. Most of them are starting or playing in the NFL right now. Um, I don't remember the first practice so much, but I do remember by my third practice, they had me at starting left tackle because Cam was hurt. <laughs> um, so I remember walking into the meeting room and everyone was kind of looking at me different. I'm like, what? And I looked up at the board and had me at one left tackle. I'm like, all right, here we go. I was just sweating the whole meeting, taking notes furiously, you know, but I mean, it was good. It was definitely a baptism in fire. And, you know, I lost my fair share of battles, but I learned a lot from it. I think that's why I am where I am today. Uh, that's a great point. For those that don't know, and you for, people forget, you guys cycle through so many NFL players. Give us an example of maybe three or four defensive linemen at that point in time as someone who should still be in high school that you're seeing in practice on a daily basis. Yeah, so depending on the defensive front, I could have uh, Dalvin Tomlinson or John Allen right on top of me. I could have Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, <laughs> any of those guys. Reuben Foster blitzing through the B-gap. You know, there's just a bunch of big names that were playing. Deron Payne was a young guy at the time. You know, it was, it was different. Yeah, I would imagine there was a, a couple moments there where you're like, okay, yeah, these are not high school players anymore. These are, these are fully, <laughs> yeah. fully grown men at this point in time. That's right. Uh, how about the uh, the reaction when you find out going into your freshman year, or when did you find out that you had secured that starting position immediately on, on the right side before late in your career you switched over to the left? Yeah, I mean, my goal coming in, I knew Cam was the uh, was going to be the left tackle, and there was a spot open at right, so I knew I had to come in, but I knew it wouldn't be easy, and being a freshman, it'd take a lot to earn it. Um, but I think by the second camp practice, I was uh, – I was at starting right tackle and I mean we really like they didn't put out a depth chart definitively and know like I'm starting so even my dad I remember him saying that he was kind of like pacing around in the Cowboys stadium not knowing if I was going to start or not you know um but ended up starting every game of my career really fortunate to have that opportunity and you know obviously had a great time 
Now, one of the interesting discussions with you, you know, going forward, and I know you've heard it, you've answered it a million times, uh, but, you know, hey, what, what position are you going to play when you get to the next level? I, I've looked at you as somebody I've, I believe has five-position flexibility. I know your preference uh, there to stick at tackle, um, but, but tell me what your reaction is going to be no matter what position you get, what your attitude is to come in and try and earn that starting position as a rookie just as you did as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's a big thing about the NFL is that, you know, there's no spot that's just wide open in the NFL right now. There's a grown man that has that job. Mm-hmm. And so being a rookie, I have to come in and try to take that. So I know it's not easy. And my goal, first and foremost, is to be one of the five best on the team that I'm on and be on the field, be playing, be competing, put my hand in the dirt and play football. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm here for. Um, my sticking point on that conversation is just that I'm strongly confident in what I did in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I proved to be the best tackle in college football. Um, I know I could play a different position if I needed to, um, but that's a hill I'll die on is, you know, my resume. No, absolutely. And speaking of that resume, you have so much good tape going up against um, really the, the, in the best conference, seeing the best pass rushers week after week after week. Uh, now, when you try and flip it and say, okay, I know when you get in these interview rooms, teams try and get under your skin a little bit. They're going to try and needle you. They're going to try and nitpick you. Um, you go to that Clemson game, and I know you've been asked this, but when, you, when, you, when they show you a couple plays there, um, just give me your side of things on a couple of those. I know you had a couple beats there uh, with Cleland Farrell, uh, but t- just walk me through. I know you have incredible recall there on, on what went wrong. It's just a couple reps, uh, but in your, in your mind, having seen that tape over and over again, uh, what was the issue at that point in time? Yeah, he's a great player. I have a lot of respect for him. I knew he was going to be a good battle coming in. You know, I think production-wise, I held up. He didn't get a single sack or hurry the whole game. He certainly won a fair share of reps against me. It's not something I was really used to. It didn't happen all year until that game. Mm -hmm. So I think that naturally people are going to point to that game when they, you know, when they want to criticize. And, you know, hats off to him. He definitely won a couple of reps. Um, You know, I think that for me, I was I was trying a few different things just to try to get at him, and that's not something I usually do. I'm pretty, you know, you tried to chop you tried to chop him on one, right? And then it kind of got that, you a little that, bit well, off balance, yeah. Yeah, I tried to chop him, and uh, it's kind of stuck with my feet, and I actually gave him leverage on me by knocking him down. Um, so definitely lost that rep, you know. So things like that, where I think later in the game, um, by about the second quarter on. Um, I think I kind of got into my rhythm and, you know, performed a little bit better against him. But like I said, great player, um, ton of respect for him and, you know, hats off for winning those reps. See, I knew, I knew you're so cerebral. You'd be able to go back and recall specific plays and what happened. And you did, you settled down uh, and played well as that, as that game went along. Um, I want to go again uh, to this pre-draft process. It is a long, long grind from the end of the season. And now we're kind of a little less than a month away here to the draft. How, has the process been for you from the end of the season it's been fun I mean people ask me if I'm excited for the draft and I'm just like I'm excited for the first day after the draft (laughs) when I know what team I'm on I know what I'm competing for and I can actually start playing football again this whole pageant process is kind of dragging on a little bit Um, because you know the first thing people say about the NFL is that it's a production business it's all about football it's all about what you can do on the field and then as soon as the pre-draft process starts, you're not on a football field, you know, necessarily competing. They're just taking all these different arbitrary measurements and all these different numbers and things like that, which I know is a part of it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm a football player. I want to play football in the NFL. I played football in college, and I'm just looking forward to doing that again. I know you've spent a lot of time with Joe Staley, uh, who's one of the best tackles in the NFL over the last decade. Uh, what, what's the biggest takeaway? What have you learned from Joe? 
I learned so much from Joe. That was a, that was a great opportunity. That's probably my favorite part about the training process, just being able to learn from a guy who's done it at such a high level and who I think I have some comparables to um, as far as our our approach to the game and all those things. Um, you know, we, we worked a lot because the 49ers run a zone um, offense, mm -hmm. mostly wide zone. Um, a lot on his footwork on that because that's something that we did here um, and something I feel I can improve on. So we, we did a lot of work on that, gaining ground with the first step, kind of bringing the fight to them and making them make a decision instead of being reactionary as a uh, as an O-lineman. So great at that. His pass set, staying under control, balancing my weight. That's something that, you know, I kind of did a self-scout on and mm -hmm. saw that sometimes I took a little bit too much weight off my inside foot. And um, so that's something that he really put an emphasis on was just making sure that I kept enough weight there that I can post and redirect more easily. Um, so just little things like that, that, you know, just sitting there picking his brain is, is an incredible opportunity. As competitive as you are, uh, is there somebody you're looking forward to challenging yourself against at the next level? All these great pass rushers in, in the league. I know you've you've paid attention and watched them over the years. Is there somebody you're looking forward to? Uh, just a battle uh, that's going to take place. Somebody you've been watching uh, growing up get a chance to compete against. I mean, I don't want to name names and end up on a hit list, but I'm so I'm just excited. I'm excited for that opportunity. I mean. That's the thing. I mean, playing the SEC West, I feel is as close to college, there's as close to NFL football as you can get in college. But obviously, in the NFL, it's a whole different beast. I mean, it's 16 weeks, however many playoffs and uh, preseason games, where you have to compete against guys. And so, I'm a really methodical guy. Um, I put a lot of time into scouting my opponents, and so you know, I'm looking forward to building kind of a database of of everyone and, you know, going through and watching all their tape and just learning. I mean, there's so many incredible, incredible pass rushers on the edge. And, you know, and then you have guys like Aaron Donald making a name for, for people on the inside, you know, so everyone on the D line, everyone on the D line in the NFL is just a freak. And, you know, I'm looking forward to going out there and battling with them. Well, you've already shown that you're a savvy veteran. I tried to put you on the hook there and see if you throw out a lob out a couple names and, uh, and you weren't going to take that bait, so well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, no, <laughs> avoiding that. Yeah, that's 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 smart on your part there. Uh, last one. I know you've uh, you've been training through this process with one of the other top offensive linemen in the draft, Andre Dillard uh, from Washington State. Just getting a chance to work with him and, and watch him on a daily basis. Why don't you give me the Jonah Williams scouting report there on Dillard? Andre's a great player, nice guy, um, and I think you know Washington State's a different offense. It's it's different than college football. It's different than in the NFL. Um, so I think that you know he really excels at what they did there. G great athlete, um, smart guy. I think that he'll be able to pick up you know any NFL thing. That's just the issue for him. You know, is is trying to get over that Washington State hurdle as far as you know the different the different scheme, but. Great athlete. I think he proved that at the Combine. Um, really solid player. Like, I'm just – I was impressed with him in the uh, in the training process. Well, it's going to be fun to see where, where you both end up at the next level. Couldn't be more excited for you, man. You're almost there. I know it's a long process. Uh, the finish line is in sight. You're almost home. And then the day after the draft, the one you're looking forward to, uh, you get yourself a jersey and you'll be off and running. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, yeah. gentlemen. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, there you go, boys. You got a chance to uh, hear my conversation there with Jonah. And I was, I was glad I got a chance to ask him about that Clemson game and kind of get into some of the specifics there. Yeah, they're not trying to needle anybody or push anybody. Just want to get you know, his answers. And I thought they were, they were outstanding. I thought he, he admitted, hey, maybe experiment with a couple different things and then uh, ended up settling down and playing a little bit better as he got comfortable there against Cleveland Farrell.
Yeah, I mean, basically said he was going to die on that hill of, of him be- him believing that he is an offensive tackle and that he is the best offensive tackle and offensive lineman in the draft. Look, I appreciate the confidence, you know, and I, I think it's no I think it, I think it speaks to his value as a prospect that other teams are considering him in other positions. He's got that kind of versatility. Yeah, he does have that kind of vers- yeah, I look versatility. At it, Buck. I look at it as a good thing, Buck. Do you? Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I wish he would embrace it a little more. He's a little kind of – abrasive he kind yeah. of takes defensive yeah. yeah he bristles at the notion of maybe kicking down inside but look he's a guy that's versatile we talk about being a five position player i think he can play all of those positions but he may be best served to play inside hey guards are getting paid these days you know what yes. i mean i'm talking about 10 10 11 million a yeah, year no for question. a guard zach martin's doing all right yeah yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. All right, is that uh, red or that's we it, man? Is that you, all we got yeah, yeah. Let me let's let's tell the folk, good folks where they can catch the rest of the content. You know, let's we're gonna we're gonna get you nfl.com slash mts video, youtube.com, all that stuff. Apple Podcasts. You know, download, subscribe like I do, and uh, you know, rate the darn thing. You know, give us a little give us a little love. Yeah, let's do it. one last little plug there for Patch of the Draft. There, come on, Red. six p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Uh, big episode uh, coming up uh, this week. We've got Ryan Finley coming back next week for a second installment as our recurring guest. Uh, excited to talk to the North Carolina State quarterback once again. So that'll do it. We'll see you next time here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.